morning. Food seekers. Um, there's a lot out there. There is. Um, yeah. Uh, you're listening, of course, to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig. And we're going to steer you to some wonderful online food sites where you could get uh, like today's program. Candidly, the, the most amazing and delightful things. Yes, online. And, and we, of course, have to sample them for you. Because <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's our job. Yeah, your your job first, is to listen. Your job is to listen and take notes. Yeah. Go ahead. Then. Our, our first guest is Alicia Lumea, who. Um, she she really selected some absolutely astounding products that we're going to talk about. But um, we love the stuff so much. It's we became wolf a, we became a, a major we became a major customer already. Yeah, right. It's wolf with a U, uh, wolf's fish, and we're going to talk to Alicia, who really knows what she's. Well, we're going to be talking to Alicia Lumia, and I I don't know where I encountered. Wolf fish, but I'm sure glad I did. Um, we've been eating wolf fish now for every day. <laughs> to be in advance of the interview uh, with Alicia, who is uh, the marketing um, person at director, I guess. What's your exact title, Alicia? Uh, head of marketing. It's fine. Or marketing okay. director. Marketing and communications. So. Um, I told you beforehand that I was predisposed to, to not like it because I've never liked frozen fish. I always counted on getting fresh fish, but wolf's fish is different. I mean, I loved it. I could I could go on about each individual thing that we ate, but let's start at the beginning. Is it's not a new company. I didn't. I'd never heard of it then. But tell us the the fit the wolf. Spelled with a U, by the way, listeners, to be a U L F apostrophe S wolf's fish. What's how old is it? Tell us the backstory. Wolf's fish was founded in 1926. See, so for 90 years, it was a you know a small neighborhood fish market in Boston, um, and then in 20. 16 and really, you know, really had a, a dedicated following in the neighborhood. It was in Brookline, um, which was a residential neighborhood. You know, it really right. came from a, another era where people in Boston ate fish all the time and it was accessible and it was something that was on everyone's menu. I've heard um, anecdotally Richie Taylor, who is who's part of the original family and worked in that market for years, is still is still part of Wolf's. He's one of our head buyers. And he talks oh, really? About you know, when he was younger there were five markets around there, five independent fish markets, you know, <laughs> in the greater really? neighborhood. It was just a very different way to shop and, and eat then. And then uh, in 2016, we closed the market because it's, you know, because shopping patterns have changed. It's, it's difficult to, to operate small independent markets and really pivoted into our wholesale clientele. So selling to chefs, mostly around Boston and then in New York and select chefs around the country as well. And okay. so um, having a consumer, like direct-to-consumer in the way that we're doing it now through the website was really a, a totally new business. Like so many companies who are restaurant distributors, you know, with the, the closures last March because of COVID, you know, everything really closed, pretty close to overnight, um, at least in Boston, New York. And we made a fast pivot to selling 
direct to consumer. We were, you know, we were a little bit ahead of the game having thought about it. it yeah, because that's the new do. reality. That's the new real market, I think. I don't think it's going to ever go back, <laughs> even after COVID. No. Yeah, well, I hope, I really hope that consumers buying, you know, direct from, from producers and from restaurant distributors will be one of the few really good things to come out of this. Because yes. I think there's, especially in seafood, there's a really dramatic difference between really good products that you can get either from a specialty market or that you'd get at a restaurant and something that you might get at a, a mass market retailer. I mean, they're really, they're very different fish and very different uh, handling and preparations and, you know, the care that goes into that, it can result in something really very different. And also the variety is not, not so good. I mean, even here in Boston, it can be limited, let alone if you're away from the coast. It's really impossible I know, sometimes I to know. get more I mean, than I'm, just two or three things. We're we're in Pittsburgh and, and you know, we're not on a coast. Although it's better than Kansas City. The only thing they had in Kansas City was what's that stuff I can't stand now? Catfish. 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 <laughs> yeah. We we have it a like mud, exactly. <laughs> we we have a friend who has a has a uh, a, a fish market that he owns, a retail fish store, which is also a restaurant, and he, he, he gets a delivery almost every day, but the reason that he's able to get it is because trucks are coming from the Fulton Fish Market all the way to Toledo, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio, and Cincinnati, and all those other places, so they just stop off and drop some stuff for him, but, but, but he's, the only, he's the only person doing that. Now, there is a landing of oysters almost every day. At, at the Pittsburgh International Airport, but it, it's not the same variety that you have. But 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 I have a question because yeah. there was always, there was always this issue of what is re- what really is Boston scrod? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> what what, what is it? Oh no, I don't know. If I'm I can tell you, it's not cod, right? <laughs> it's about sizing. I think okay. it's really. Oh, please don't quote me on this one. I, I would have pulled somebody who's a mark. <laughs> that one confuses me, too. <laughs> okay, so, you, so you're not certain either. I think it's, it's yeah, it's about, it's about the size of the fish okay. and, like, how old they are and different times of the year, and I couldn't explain to you the details. I'm okay, afraid. well, let's, <laughs> let, 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 it, let it remain a mystery. Now, here, here's, here's the real trick. How on earth did you figure out how to source Mauritius red drum and farm-raised salmon bellies and the most gorgeous halibut you've ever seen in your whole life? Oh, I love that's my favorite fish. And, and chalkstream rainbow ta- trout, which it turns out my brother, who lives in the southwest of England, knew all about. But, oh, but, wonderful! But he, but he associated it with fly fishing, and what you're doing is not exactly fly fishing. Well, but, but how, no, how I mean, that you... area is is famous for fly fishing, absolutely. Um, those rivers are really well known for that and that, you know, the minerality gives those fish a really particular flavor. So the farm that we work with there, um, just to, to talk about Talkstream for a minute, is working, you know, they're diverting some of the water from those rivers. This is highly monitored okay, right. by the government oh, environmental that's groups. And then so that's how you do fish. that. Yeah. yeah, so they're pulling them through. They're raising those fish in pens. 
near the rivers. And so, you know, the water through natural means, you know, these different pumps is getting pumped in and kept moving, and then it goes into different – suddenly it's not like it's dumped straight back into the river then, that it would you know, settle and make sure that it will be tested and has no contaminants, um, you know, just from, like, too much waste from the fish. It, it's properly cleaned, and then it goes back into the river, and it's meticulously right at the entire time to make oh. sure that there's, you know, there's no – damage to that water because that's a, an incredibly important ecosystem I and mean, for the, the fly fishing and sport fishing in that area is really important and then just you know they're they're really a, a treasure and just a, a one-of-a-kind ecosystem too i was really fascinated to to meet i've actually been to that farm when we started working with them and see how they were farming and and see the water and just hear the story of like the flavor that's actually coming through the chalk i'm kind of like you have the chalk that's giving the flavor to the grapes and champagne. It's the same chalk and that soil that is giving a minerality to that water that the oh, fish is raised in. Wonderful. But, I mean, I loved, I loved that. I mean, I, of course, the halibut was my favorite because I'm crazy about halibut. But also the uh, um, salmon belly. I mean, oh. fabulous. We don't get that any place else. See, and that, I think, is a, is a terrible shame. I mean, just to, to back up a little bit for sourcing and how we're able to find different products where it's really arranged based on, you know, based on where things are coming from. So for many of our farm products, we actually have a sister company called Cleanfish, and Cleanfish works with producers around the world who are pursuing the most innovative practices in aquaculture, and then we help them come to the U.S. So that's how we, we have the relationship. Is it clean or clean? Clean. clean. Clean fish. So that's a separate company. It is a separate company. I mean, we're okay. you know it's it's you know we're tied together really as okay. one you know as one kind of corporate family, but it is a separate company that works with the producers. So they're working on that kind of supply side and and really helping support innovation. So clean fish products, like the Mauritius Red Drum is a clean fish product. Um, the salmon bellies were for Nordic blue salmon from Norway, and that's a clean fish product. Jockstream trout is another clean fish product. Um, so in those cases, that's really where we're finding our, our kind of particularly wonderful and with great story aquaculture products. And then, you know, that halibut is coming in from New England, and that's just a beautiful local fish. We have that's gorgeous, notoriously picky buyers. Do you, do you have it for substantial periods of the year? I mean, when, when I when I shop at my and, and it's not 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 so not so keen on whole foods for fish, but, it, no. but at least but at least it's walking distance from our house. But halibut is very seasonal as far as they're concerned. Now, the, is halibut seasonal with you, or do you have enough different places that your your people can catch so that you have it always on the menu? Well, halibut, I mean, there are seasonal fluctuations, but the halibut season that you'd probably be purchasing halibut from a Whole Foods, it's going to be Pacific halibut, like the Alaskan halibut. And so this is Atlantic halibut. So it's, okay. it's the same species, but it's a totally different population. Um, and you'll find differences in quality and definitely differences in seasonality. So, you know, they're, they're set in different ways about how that catch so the West Coast season does have limits. You know, those Alaskan halibut, um, 
you know, and sometimes the, the character of that fish can be different. They can be a lot larger. The East Coast, uh, the Atlantic halibut, it's really, the halibut that we're getting is kind of, it's from the coast of Maine and sometimes into Nova Scotia. It really you know, depends on the fish don't know about the border, so they swim back and forth. And it depends right. on where they were caught. And it's it's about, it's a limited catch, um, mostly a bycatch, actually, when going for other species. So really? it's, it's extremely limited, and so it's also, you know, it's very prized and very well cared for when the fishermen get one. Just now, when, did, that. when do they freeze it? I mean, who freezes it, and when is it frozen? We freeze everything. So we're doing that ourselves. So when we, like, so the halibut is a great example. So we would be buying fish that's been landed, you know, either in Nova Scotia or in Maine um, through our network. Our buyers go, they pick out just the halibut that they want. You can even do, like, a little tail cut sample even. We put pictures of that sometimes on Instagram. It shows you, like, how you judge the quality of the fish, especially for one that big. They buy only the ones that they think are going to be the right grade for us. And then we are butchering those in-house. So if our team is cutting them, cleaning them up, you know, making sure that they're really beautifully portioned, they're trimmed all the right way, and we are backpacking and super freezing them in our facility. So that was a, a big investment that we made when we decided to go direct to consumer and in March was really investing in some really high-tech super freezers. And that it's really not at all the same process is like people will buy extra fish at the market and put it in their own freezer and that doesn't yield a very good result. <laughs> like it, no. it freezes it very differently. This in the super freezing process, you know, when it's backpacked, the temperature is dropping so quickly that it's actually helping retain the structure. Like on a cellular level, it's a different process. And that's yeah, part so of why the texture is getting. one of the things that really yeah. uh, differentiates your fish from other kinds of frozen fish in the texture is yeah. like as if it were never frozen. Now, let's, let's that, also, cla- yeah. so let's also clarify this. Let, let's clarify, Alicia, for, for the restaurant buyer or for the lucky people like us who, who, who found you and real, realized that it was something we should investigate. Basically, you, you have frozen it, but then when, when I order it or when a restaurant orders it, you go to the cooler you take out the fish that's frozen, you put it in a box, and it arrives on your doorstep tomorrow. And it's cryovac, yeah. which yeah. makes a difference, so, too. And, and then you don't start it storing is. it until you're ready to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, for restaurants, we do ship. I mean, a lot of restaurants are buying fresh and frozen. For consumers, we decided that frozen was really going to be the best way to make sure that people really got the best quality and that, you know, it gives you, it just suits, it suits a home lifestyle better. You're able to order a box. You don't have to eat it in two days. If we're all fresh and you'd feel that pressure, you can stock up, especially this year when people are really wanting to limit their trips out. You know, it allows you to plan a bit better to have things ready, you know, on your, you know, on your schedule. And I think, you know, it's also just makes it much it makes it much easier to have that fish in the best condition. Now, I mean, often, the, you know, the fish in a grocery store might have been out of the water a few weeks by the time you get it. Yeah, I know. By the time it goes through all that other stuff, I know. Um, now, I mean, could could an individual actually get fresh fish without frozen? 
Uh, we're not doing that at the moment, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think right now we really decided that frozen is, is the best way to get it to you in the best shape and going through. I mean, when we deliver to a restaurant in Boston, we do it in our own truck, so we control that entire process. <laughs> so that's the difference, you know. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen with a carrier and what happens if there's a snowstorm, like, because we're managing that from the minute we have that fish. So we prepared it so it went on our truck with our driver, and we dropped it at the restaurant. So that's a very different <laughs> level of control. Now, um, does, does, the, does, the red drum, does the red drum actually come from Mauritius? It does indeed. There is a farm. You said that's it's impossible because it's, it's, it's a long way away, right? It, it is in that case, actually, because of the frozen. We have brought that fish in, in fresh, um, but we also brought some in frozen so that it could float, which is... You brought it in fresh as well for restaurants? Uh, we do. We do. Yeah, I mean, I'll be that has been disrupted and COVID is a bit difficult because no one flies to Mauritius unless they're going on vacation for the most part. And with the end of, <laughs> there was a while when there were no flights at all. So we weren't able to have that fish. I mean, um, you know, I think there's some misconception when, when product comes from far away that that's less sustainable. And I mean, for the most part, when you're like, when a fish comes from Norway, it's not like it's going on its own dedicated plane <laughs> fish. It flies under the people. Like it's already, it's already part of the, you know, the economy. I think, but I think some people think like it's, it's on a special fish flight or something. It's really not. It's, it's coming with the people in cargo. Well, now, do you do shellfish as well? Uh, we haven't for wholesale because we are doing everything frozen. And so, you know, there are, there are some species that we, you know, shellfish is hard because we couldn't ship fresh shellfish with the box that had dry ice because they would die in transit. Um, so that we've gotten work. We've gotten live lobsters FedEx <laughs> from Maine, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it's funny. It it seems a very weird experience opening this box and having this live lobster waving at you. Yeah, that is strange. We see it in the airport in Boston, too. There's always like a last-minute take some lobster on the plane. (laughs) You see people with their live lobsters that they're flying with. I wanted to to point you in a direction which which is very... Very similar to your salmon bellies, but it's swordfish belly. And uh, so, sometimes we're fortunate enough that if, they, if my local whole food store gets a swordfish loin that, that, that hasn't been mangled by a, some, someone in their back reaches of their company, and as a result, this a piece of belly that can be cut off and sold to patrons like me who know the secret. <laughs> we would love to do it. I should ask. I wonder what whether some chef has already been claiming them because what we did debut last year was swordfish chops. Um, and that brings me like to the salmon belly. I mean, one of the things that's, you know, I think it's actually a real disadvantage for home cooks is you don't get offered all the interesting bits. I mean, people get very used to having their fish in really tidy little squares 
or you know, very long fillets that meet a very specific specification. But there's so much more of the fish that's really quite accessible. I mean, the bellies are one thing. That's We're taking those fish in whole. We're cutting them ourselves. So we had the bellies. And sometimes we would go to restaurants, many places are just going to throw that away. I mean, it takes oh, some more no, labor no, to, no, do <laughs> to pack it. But honestly, that's really what's happening to them and many other companies because it does take some labor and some, you know, some culinary know-how to trim it and prepare it and package it. And we, you know, these we started selling bellies. We started selling the collars, um, like salmon collars. And then the yeah, they're good too, people, yeah. Yeah, we're going to go for either of them, and now we have a hard time keeping them in stock, bellies especially. Like, we th- we thought, will anyone buy these? Will, will consumers get excited? And then we really had a problem. I mean, there's only so many bellies per fish we I have, know, that's so we true. run out. It's <laughs> like our, to... our friend who uh, has an organic uh, lamb um, farm. Um, one chef in New York City wanted something like a 1,000 lamb's tongues for a salad. <laughs> There were just so many tongues in a lamb. <laughs> just I know. No, no, <laughs> for a and, while. And has a special request. But but send this only as a portion for one, which is grouper heads. Oh, I, I did that once for Peter with a collar. You know, that's a big piece uh, of fish. Yeah, and, and yeah. I stuffed it with crab meat. And, and, and um, yeah, and... He always used to call from the airport and say, what's for dinner? And so this time I said, oh, it's a surprise. And when you come home, don't come into the kitchen. <laughs> and then I, I presented it on a giant platter with the, the, the heads looking in different directions. <laughs> I don't think he was very amused. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Well, we actually had some. <laughs> We put some halibut heads on our site recently. We, we started a new section called Limited Catch, where sometimes we just have a few of something kind of weird and wonderful, either like hyper-seasonal or just weird and wonderful like the halibut heads. And we sold them in a day. We were pretty excited about that, that so many people got excited about, you know, we had a little bit of instruction about how well, to people want something and different, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, run run us through. The, first of all, the website is wulfs fish fish dot com dot com. And what's the process? You go on the website, and 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 then what? You just you go on the website. Around. You'll see. Yeah, from our store that there's a real selection there. Um, you know, it's and it, it, we're always adding new items. If you're really looking for, you know, something the, the weird and wonderful selection, yeah, our limited I, catch. I love that. Yeah, a section we set up where we can because sometimes there there just aren't very many of them. We can't really debut them as a a main uh-huh. item, but we'll have something. Now, what are, what are some of well, the exciting but, things? That you put on recently, we talked. We talked about cheeks. quite a few of them. Yeah, well, you, there's a um, really popular. The what? Cod cheeks. Cod cheeks. Cod oh, cheeks. Oh yeah, I haven't had those yeah. in ages. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, um, and they're, you know they're about the size of a scallop, like kind of like a large scallop, and they just cook up so quickly and so 
flavorful. I mean, it really, that, that texture is a little bit between cod and a, a scallop. And so those, we actually just got a few more that we put up in the site because those uh, sold through very quickly. And we have some bay scallops up there, the, you know, fish from Nantucket or Cape Cod area. Yeah. They're a real seasonal delicacy. So we had a few a few left that we were able to put aside. And then to the, the swordfish, swordfish chops are something that, that comes and goes. It's a fish collar, essentially, of the swordfish, but it's it's enormous. It looks more like a tomahawk steak. <laughs> it's yeah, it like a giant cube of meat and a, a big bone sticking out of it that you could do in your oven, um, done on the grill, and it's really, you know, it's not the meat itself is a much higher fat content, too. It's more like a, a really fatty tuna than it is like a other kind of swordfish. But I'm looking at you also of... have octopus. It sounds like swordfish belly. We do. Sounds, sounds a lot like I love octopus. I've actually never had swordfish belly. I love octopus as well. It's so good. Yeah, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's delicious. my next point is, I mean, so you order and, and you get, you fill the orders and it gets delivered to your door. I mean, how long does that take usually? Well, when we you should. Place an order? Um, for people within the Boston area, we can, like, within the immediate Boston area, we deliver five days a week with our own trucks, actually. And then for outside that area, it's we ship on Mondays, Wednesday, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays because we want to make sure that, you you know, it can't sit in a warehouse over the week and, you know, UPS could take two days. Oh, okay. So it'll go UPS in a our, new, our shipping boxes, which are all made from eco materials. They're, you know, they're fully insulated, but 100% curbside recyclable. And then with dry ice and gel packs as well, usually to make sure it stays very cold. Beautifully. So that, yes, I think I wrote to you and said that it, it was in great shape when it showed up. I mean, it was not... Uh, melting and it was not you know it was a very tidily packed and easy to unpack and so forth and you know the thing i've found with this online shopping is um i mean there there is of course it's high quality so it's more on the expensive side but it's the uh, shipping fees that just about kill the uh, online shopping what do you do about shipping i mean i've I've known people who do it according to a distance, like FedEx, and I know it's by um, weight sometimes, like with my lamb. Uh, and then we interviewed somebody on the West Coast, and they just add $100 shipping on everything, every order, um, which would make you certainly want to um, buy a lot at one time so you do get a repeat of the shipping fee. What is your policy? Our shipping is by zones. I mean, shipping, shipping fresh or frozen product is an expensive proposition, no matter how you look at it. So that is just, um, that is unavoidable. But we ship by zones, and so every zone does have a free shipping threshold. Uh, there's a map on our site. It's three zones. Most of the East Coast and, like, um, as far west as Ohio is zone one. And for zone one, you know, we have free shipping for orders over $99. Part of the Midwest is, is zone two, and that's a different free shipping threshold, like $299, and then zone three for the far west and west coast, um, where, you know, you can either pay a flat rate fee or have zone shipping and get free for orders of 
$399, which seems like a lot, but there are people who definitely order that. <laughs> or, you know, they clearly have a chest freezer somewhere, and they like to stock up. Yeah, we have, we have what, two refrigerators with freezers on the bottom and a um, freestanding one in the basement, so we have lots of room for frozen fish. <laughs> Yeah, so I, we it, found a place that's good. It also didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good problem. <laughs> so, yeah, we yeah. do ship very quickly. So, I mean, if you if someone were to order as late as midnight on Sunday, their order would go out on Monday, and then if it's shipping, we it would be within one to two days. You know, if it's if it's to the west coast, obviously we have to send it by air. If it's nearby, it goes by ground, but always to arrive in two days. Yeah. No. You have the a pantry section too, and and I I thought it was interesting when we we got the sea uh, right from Atlantic um, mm-hmm. Atlantic Atlantic sea, sea farms sea farms, and uh, it was really funny because uh, I turned on my computer just as your call came through. And what, what do you think was advertising on the top? <laughs> Atlantic Sea Farms. Great. Is that, that, how did they know? Huh? <laughs> well, they know you've been looking at fish. <laughs> <laughs> you've given yourself away online by reading about fish. Uh, well, I'm really thrilled about this. Um, I mean, something to be excited about in seafood. And uh, so, I mean, I just feel it's, I've already told lots of people that it's a, a really reliable resource and a, a delicious resource uh, for our online shopping during this pandemic. And I'm glad it'll probably go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, wonderful. Hopefully, we'll all go out and about more, but you can still, we will still be selling and, and shipping seafood to consumers. Right. And on your website, we I might mention you've got um, recipes too, which uh, a lot of people are a little awkward about cooking fish, but you've got some good, solid recipes on here too. And, oh, and thank you. Yeah, we've worked hard to do that. I think that's, I mean, within. Within seafood, generally more than 75% of seafood consumed in the U.S. happens at food service, you know, whether that's, you know, getting a lobster all out somewhere or, you know, in corporate dining or at a restaurant. People in the U.S. don't cook seafood at home for the most part. I mean, with some regional exceptions, but not nearly as much as, you know, as everyone would like. Yeah, I don't know how, you know. I think that's a big part of it. And so, you know, we've really worked with a, our wonderful community of chefs to do a lot of recipes, some of our best customers who, um, especially in the early days of, of quarantine when they were all home, really generously did some wonderful recipes for us. We also have quite a few of us on staff have cooked professionally at different parts of our career and are really avid home cooks as well. So we've done recipes. You know, I've done quite a few recipes. You know, other people in the office have done other recipes of, of giving people new ideas on how to, you know, how to cook seafood at home and how how quick and easy it is. And I think something like, you know, squid is a great example. Like people, yeah, people know it and love it, but they just get fried calamari, you know, out at a restaurant. But well, it's actually, it's so fast. Like you couldn't order takeout. It's fast mm-hmm. as you can cook squid. That's true. Like you couldn't even well, get to the phone to order it that fast. Well, listen, it's <laughs> done in two listen, minutes. It's, 
listeners. It's W-W-U-L-F-S-F-I-S-H dot com. Correct. Yes. And and check out also, because we didn't have a time or chance to talk about this, that you can also get a subscription, sort of like a CSA, which um, is also very valuable. So just check that out on the website. Oh, you're fun work with Alicia. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Welcome back. Up next, our dear friend, Robert Schuller from Melissa's Produce. And Robert has introduced us to so many uh, produce items. Most recently, pink pineapple. Can you just picture that? Picture that. <laughs> picture <laughs> Looks that. like a pineapple, except inside it's pink, like a pink grapefruit. And it tastes really good. And it's very good. And we, and we enjoyed it. And we enjoyed everything we get from Melissa. Robert, because he always recommends his right. What he's going to be talking about is, is following along a... Um, uh, a video that he did on uh, produce trends for 2021. So he's going to be running through those uh, with us today. And you, and, you, and you, as a result, should know what you're buying and what you're eating. We're once again talking to our friend, Robert Schuler from Melissa's Produce. And um, I must say that I, I apologize for making fun of something that you you sent us after I tasted it. I'm in love with pink pineapple. <laughs> I didn't know why. How did that get developed? Well, that is actually the newest and most rare fruit that is available to the into the United States. It was started just over ten years ago um, by Del Monte, who came up with an idea of of uh, creating a pineapple that has a reddish-pink flesh. And the way in which it was developed is that it was um, the pineapple was crossed with a lipopene, and a lipopene is an antioxidant um, uh-huh. that um, is found in a lot of red fruits and vegetables, you know, like tomatoes. Yeah. So it was it was an idea that started over a decade ago, and now we're starting starting to see some of the um, this this fruit being available to the United States. However, it's very hard to find in the marketplace. The only way to get it right now is to go online at melissa.com. dot com. Right. Well, it's it's stunning. I mean, to look at, and it tastes it's pineapple tasting, but not as sour. Now, Robert, it, it, is, comes from, um, it comes from Costa Rica? Yes. Um, all of our pineapples basically come from Costa Rica. They have the ideal climate to be able okay. to grow pineapples, and that's why America receives it from there. Now, this pineapple, you'll notice, uh, Ann and Peter, I'm sure you've been enjoying it. It is um, a variety that is very sweet. And low acidity. I think a lot of people sometimes are right. turned off by pineapple that it, it's so acid, you know, stingy, kind of like citrus fruits. 
And mm-hmm. you'll, you'll notice when you bite into one that it is very low acid, so you don't get the stinginess in your mouth, as many people may say. And I think it's probably the del- most delicious um, pineapple I've ever tasted. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's much easier to cut and prepare. I don't know if that's because of the supplier, the ripeness, or what, but it was, it was a joy to prepare. Not, you didn't have to wrestle with anything like you do on usual pineapples. Yeah, they're really easy to cut. They ripen up really nicely. The only difference um, that when you receive it, you won't receive the pineapple with the green top. Yeah, why is that? I was curious about that. Of course, I thought maybe shipping was awkward with the top. No, the reason why you only find pink pineapples without the top is because the grower cuts off the top to plant and regenerate a new pink pineapple. I'll be darned. Well, so, you know, maybe yeah. we should so we should video. we should back up a little bit to explain to listeners two things. One, we're um, continuing um, our uh, mission of getting as much information out to our listeners as possible about how they can do um, grocery shopping online, including produce. And then the second is, um, I saw a, a, a video that that. Um, Robert did about what's trending in produce now and of course Melissa's is always at the forefront of of that kind of um, trending um, um, uh, items and uh, and sure enough we we have the pink pineapple which is a delight in itself and then another box of the the trendy items that you um, sent which also seem to have which I guess says in itself a trend, uh, nutritional benefits, uh, immune boosting and antioxidants and that sort of thing. Let's talk about some of those items. Okay, Ann and Peter. Um, yes, you mentioned about our immune booster package. It is um, a clamshell package that includes two of the most trendy root vegetables that are used in the U.S. kitchens nowadays. The Immunity Booster Package has both um, fresh ginger and fresh turmeric in one package. Those are two root vegetables that have been trending for quite some time. For those who want to add an extra um, flavor to their dish, it's, it's, it's very popular to use in Asian cooking in particular. However, lately it's been used in a lot of juicing and smoothies. To yeah, I use turmeric in the... Peter does his famous chicken soup by adding turmeric to it, and and yeah, the other and th- yeah, and the other thing is I I use it with green tea. Slice yeah. I mean the root yeah. Yes, the turmeric has um, has great qualities from a health uh, perspective as well, and that's why we put it in a in a clamshell package together, both the turmeric and the ginger, and we call it the immunity booster. Okay. Well, ginger, of course, I adore. You know, given my my experience as a a restaurant reviewer, um, part of the the risk of that business is food poisoning. And the only thing, if I got attacked by food poisoning, that would help was tea, ginger tea, but not not just the, the powdered stuff, the fresh ginger steeped in, to make a tea, and it's wonderful. 
So, no, I mean, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I learned about that food poisoning the hard way. But at any rate, um, the I was able to um, freeze the ginger and um, the, the turmeric. Um, there are some specific directions I mean, that you, uh, of how to freeze them. Mainly, I think, it involves making sure that they're not wet. Um, they're clean and not wet. Um, I, I had a, have a little more trouble with the, um, uh, what do you call it, the, um, what, what's the thing I'm talking about, rabbit? Turmeric. No, the, um, the tamarind. Oh, tamarind. Tamarind came too. And it apparently has incredible uh, medical and health uses. I was rather surprised. Um, I'm not clear what to do quite with it. Um, our cousin Richard in Tasmania grows it, and I know um, that he successfully froze it, so he had it all winter as well. But I haven't been able to find out how you do that. How do you deal with with um, the uh, what's it called? Tamarind. The the tamarind is also called tamarindo. Another name for it, as referred to in very similarity, is also referred to as the Indian date. So it's very similar to date in regards to flavor profile, kind of, and its actual taste. See, the tamarindo um, has been a trendy flavor um, in the marketplace. Um, it's used in, in, in drinks and teas. It's used in cooking. Um, Curries, especially, yeah. And sweets. But what, when, you re, when you find tamarind or tamarind... And candy. Uh, I thought that was interesting. It's a popular candy in uh, Southeast Asia. It is. It is because it's so sweet, very similar to that of a date. Now, when you receive it, you have to crack open the shell... And inside is pulp and seeds. You've got to remove yeah. the seeds um, and the shell. And what you use is the paste. It's um, kind of similar but stickier than um, like a um, guava paste and used very similar or alternatively to guava. But I use it very similar to what, how I use dates. The flavor is just a little different. And it has been one of the trending flavors that has been surprising here in the United States. Um, it's definitely a trend that is uh, popular in Mexico. It is very popular in Southeast Asia and especially in India. Now, don't now they, do you, Robert? Don't don't they use it in in India to make chutneys? Yes, it's very yes. much used in a lot of cooking, um, in vegetarian and also chicken dishes as well. So um, yes, that that it, it is a staple ingredient within um, Indian. Uh, you know, Asian culture. Now, do you freeze it or can you freeze it? Because I remember Cousin Richard used to have it frozen. But I don't know how he got to that point. You you can freeze it. Um, um, however, it does have a really good shelf life um, at room temperature. Uh, but when you do break it open and you make the paste, um, you know, when you extract the seeds, you can keep it in the refrigerator for several months, or you can really? keep it in the freezer for over a year. Yeah, but you okay, have to well, I'll, I'll, I'll move on that one. And peel it and remove the seeds first before you put it in the freezer. What do? What about the hot water you're supposed to soak it in? Does that come up? 
if you're cooking like a tea or something like that, that's another way after you peel it to be able to extract the pulp um, and easily, more easily remove the seeds. Um, but you can use um, a knife or a spoon uh, to separate the paste, the fruit itself, which is a dried fruit, um, from the seed and its shell. Okay. I didn't realize, uh, Robert, that your family name is really O'Schuler, not Schuler, because, because you seem to be totally in love with potatoes. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, we are too. Yeah, well, you know, the, the one thing that we've learned in the pandemic since March is that America has really embraced a lot of the comfort foods. And I think from a produce perspective and when I give my trends, if you want to see the presentation, you can go to Melissa's Yeah, I've watched it. You, you were good. Channel. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, tell, tell our listeners the information about how they can listen to you and watch it. Yes, if you go to Melissa's Produce, um, at Melissa's Produce, which is our YouTube channel, you can go in and see the trend for 2001. Potatoes is one of the key uh, in, um, trends that we've seen because of its comfort food. So let me talk about some of the different varieties of potatoes. Yeah, tell me about those. Received. I sent four different varieties to you, and these four are, make the top ten uh, top specialty produce items in the United States. Number one, the Dutch yellow potato. The Dutch yellow potato is our signature potato. You'll find this Dutch yellow potato in every, pretty much every single store you shop at in the produce department next to your russet potatoes, typically. Um, yeah, Peter eats small... it like candy. Uh, you know, he he um, boils them and puts them in the refrigerator, and then he just snacks on them like he candy. <laughs> you can also, you sure, can also fry, like French fries, You can also right? fry them. They, they, they fry wonderfully, too. Yeah, and, and what makes Peter the, um, and Anne the, the Dutch yellow potatoes so popular is because they're gold on the outside, they're gold on the inside, and they actually taste like they have butter in them. So okay. when you cook them, you don't have to add all this heavy sauces and stuff like that. Um, very little salt, if anything, if you like that on your potatoes and whatnot. So it is the number one um, specialty pa- potato in the United States for its buttery taste. Now, the cousin to that Dutch yellow potato are the red-skinned ones called ruby gold potatoes. Right, Those right. ruby gold potatoes are red on the outside and yellow on the inside. You're talking about the red, about the red potatoes. Yes. Okay, so let me start over from a transition sure. from Dutch yellow potatoes to ruby gold potatoes, okay? Sure. Okay, okay. so um, the, the next uh, variety potato that I have sent you and is trending here in the United States is the red skin variety of potatoes called ruby gold potatoes. They are a cousin to the Dutch yellow potatoes. They have a red skin on the outside, and a yellow flesh on the inside. So they do taste buttery, just like the Dutch yellow potatoes. Another variety that I send you is a collection of red, white, yellow um, varieties, and that is called the gemstone potatoes. That's where you'll get a mixture. 
of different varieties of potatoes. So the kids are really liking this because there's so many different variety, color, taste, and textures that you would get in the gemstone pack, including purple potatoes that are not only purple on the outside, but they cut purple on the inside as well. I love those. Love them. Now, yeah. now they're, they're, we, we consider those per, Peruvian potatoes. Is that where they come from? Um, the, there are Peruvian potatoes that are the red skin ones that are in the pack. But, yes, okay. Peru is known for um, attributing to so many different potato varieties. I think they, uh, Peru has more potato varieties than any other country in the world um, because they have the, the gr- ideal growing conditions. And a lot of the yeah, We've been variety. to the Potato Institute outside of uh, Lima, and it's yeah, amazing. And yeah, and that's where we've gotten a lot of the fingerling variety potatoes as well that we offer. Sure, sure. Now, now Robert, do, do you import things, right? Yes. Um, when it's not a growing domestically because of the season, we do look outside our borders to import produce from around the world. There's a, there's a potato, there's a sensational potato that will be coming into season in about a month or two, right, sweetheart? Called, I guess. I mean, they, called, it's only in season for like three weeks. <laughs> they're called Jersey Royals, and they, they grow in salt marshes in the British English Channel island of Jersey, which is why they're called Jersey wow. Royals. They, they sound special. I'm not familiar with them yet. Um, I'm not sure if they're admissible or allowed into the United States. But it's something um, I'll write down here and note um, because uh, well, J- let me know if you J- get those. We love J- them. J E R S E Y, Jersey Royal, like in Queens and, and Kings. Are those? Is that a particular type of potato that you yes. experience there? Okay. Yes. 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 It, it, yeah. it, it's on. It's on restaurant menus. They're on restaurant menus for about three to four weeks. That's it. Done until the next year. And the secret is the growing conditions more than anything salt else. Salt marshes. They grow in salt marshes on the island. Well, then I guess you don't have to add salt to really enjoy them, huh? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so anyhow, so potatoes. Then we, we got more of, of, of the, the pre-cooked steamed packets. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, lentils have to be big right now, right? Yeah, you know... Um, Again, the uh, the pandemic has gotten people to um, seek out very convenient items because people are exploring so many different produce options that are available sure. to us. But in many cases, they're not able to – they don't know how – a lot of Americans don't know how to prepare certain items, some of the legumes like lentils that you mentioned. We do a steamed and ready-to-go lentil it saves the consumer any, anywhere from an hour to two hours from soaking it, and it also saves the consumer from they don't have to buy the let's, let's, here. Let's, let's, get another, let's get another five minutes in and call it a day so we don't have to worry about that. Okay, okay. tell us so, about the um, chestnuts. Why are they all of a sudden popular? Okay, well, also another of the items that um, are very trending right now is the um, uh, chestnuts. Now, chestnuts are typically known for only being available fresh in the United States 
from late October until about the beginning of January, and then they disappear. However, like I mentioned about the steamed lentils, we also do steamed and peeled steamed chestnuts. And so these chestnuts, which in many cases people find difficult to prepare fresh, but um, we have them already peeled, steamed, and packaged in no preservatives, um, that you'll find in produce departments. And this allows for these steamed chestnuts to be available on a year-round basis. It no longer has to be an item that you can only look forward to from October until early January. Now you can find them in the package um, under Melissa's label, and they're organic, and they're steamed and peeled, and they're absolutely delicious. Chestnuts are just um, a great flavor enhancer in many side dishes. Yeah, I'm going to use them with side them. Dish. I found a recipe for chestnuts and Brussels sprouts. Yeah, they go together a lot good with a lot of different root vegetables and greens. You know, um, what I like to do right now because it's the winter time is I prepare a lot of soups using them, a cream-based soup uh, with chestnuts. Um, it's, it's, the chestnuts offer just a unique flavor. Um, you know, they have a... They have the texture of kind of like a, a sweet potato. They have a uh, they have a sweetness kind of like sweet potato, but it's very unique. It's very nutty in flavor as well. Oh, yeah, and it's it, it goes so well in many um, warm dishes. It's a chestnut. Yeah, so, uh, you you <laughs> yeah. remember that time we we were in a we were in a small town in the in, in the north of Italy, and it was chestnut season. Oh right! There, yes. were, there were chestnuts everywhere. And everywhere. There were old ladies with buckets going, going out in the streets because all the trees the picking buckets full of chestnuts. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know, in Europe, Europe and, and especially Italy, they pretty much have chestnuts of, because they, that's where most of them come from. They pretty yeah. much offer it year round. And yes, you can go out on the street corner and they're roasting them. Um, where you can just get a um, a bag full of roasted chestnuts and peel open and enjoy them. Um, let, let me show you, let yeah. me show you my, my my language skills. They're called castagna. One of my 15 words of Italian that I know. <laughs> well, they, there is a, a game Italian children play uh, where they, they take a chestnut and hide it, and when they, you come across somebody else, the, the other person might demand, "Show me your castagna," and you've got to produce it, or you'd be fined. <laughs> oh, how funny! <laughs> oh, funny indeed. So yeah. uh, they probably do it virtually now. <laughs> so, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Yes, and there's one other um, really trending um, steamed vegetable that's in the Melissa's package, and that are the steamed red beets. We all, right. we actually offer the steamed beets in both red and gold because there's oh. there's the different varieties of beets that are available. And again, you know, um, for those who um, try to work with beets for the first time or many times. Um, it's often very frustrating to be able to steam them and prep them, and they're very messy, and you can splash it onto your 
apron or your shirt and it stains yeah, really bad. Well, we have a package already to go, steamed and ready, no preservative, just like the steam lentils and the steamed chestnuts that you can enjoy beets literally straight out of the package, whether you put them into a salad or you put them last minute into a, a roasted dish. They're already steamed and cooked, and um, it has been um, the most popular of our steam line um, because yeah, of the convenience trend there has been here in the United States. Well, I think they're all winners, Robert, and uh, let's uh, round this up by giving listeners the uh, spelling of your uh, URL so that they can go oh. on your website. Yes, to find any of these trendy items that you can order or find at your local store, you can go to melissas, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-S dot com, and you can find the items. Um, if you cannot find the items in your local store, many of the item, trendy items that I've been talking about, well, they're wonderful, and they're all winners, and so are you. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us, Robert Schuller. That does it for this week, Robert. Yeah, it does. So what do we say? We say goodbye until same time, same place next week. Until then. And in the meantime, we're going to be feasting on seafood. Yes. Bye-bye. Eat, eat, eat your heart out, listeners. Eat your heart out. <laughs>